hey, welcome to the Dream Home Movement. You're here with your host, me, Joe Violetta, and tonight we are talking real life Renault stories. I have Simon and Mia in the studio with me tonight. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Now, Simon and Mia have plenty of experience in renovating properties. They are on Reno number two at the moment, and it is a big project, so I can't wait to dive into it. Uh, Simon is a chippy, Mia is his wife, they are a family of four, so they've not just got the experience of renovating and big reno projects, but also renovating with young kids, which I'm sure many of you can relate to. So I'm going to ask them tonight to share their adventures, what's happening with their latest Renault and some tips for you as well that you can take away and use. So all that coming up next. And of course, as usual, we have our finance segment. Now, I'm not 100% sure if Carl is going to present that tonight or if I'm going to jump in and present that because I know that he is on the road doing some tech child taxing (laughs) duties tonight. If you're a new listener and you're like, what are you talking about? Uh, Well, Carl is my husband. He presents our finance segment. He usually dials in for that uh, because he doesn't come into the studio because he's at home with the kids, but he may not be able to tonight, but that's okay. I have a backup segment for you, which I think you're going to enjoy. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement, only here on RPPFM. Take me home tonight. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. I'm here with Mia and Simon tonight from Mornington Peninsula Renault Life, which is their, that's what, well, that's how I found them uh, through their fabulous Instagram account. I've been following their renovations for quite a while and just loving them. So I thought I need to reach out and get these people on the show so that you can learn about their Renault stories and hopefully pick up some tips along the way. So again, welcome to the studio. Thank you. And let's kick off with a very (laughs) open-ended question. Can you tell us about your latest Renault? Our latest Renault is a big one. (laughs) Um, It started off, we really liked the block of land, so we brought the house, which was unlivable. There was um, complete pine lined inside, which we, as we're demolishing, we found out was just put straight over the top of the plaster. So we had double double the demo, three 12 metre skips later, we had an empty house. Um, It's turned bigger and bigger. We decided to do an extension as well now. So um, we've pretty much gutted the whole interior of the house and three quarters of the exterior walls. And it's pretty much just a shell now. And we're waiting for building permits to come through so we can start. Wow. That is, this is more than a coat of paint. This is a full-blown project. It is. There's not enough paint to fix this one. No. (laughs) Wow. So it was the land that attracted you. What's so special about the land? Um, It's in a really quiet area, um, just behind the football ground and athletics track and stuff. So it's, it's nice and quiet. We're in a court. It's a big block of land. And yeah, it just is, I think the quietness of it really drew us to it to begin with. So, a big backyard for the kids and dog. 
yeah. very important for us. That's super important, and yeah. it, it can be hard to come by. Yeah, yeah, Big blocks with, blocks of land these yeah, days. So much being redeveloped into units and stuff. It's oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's priceless. I think that was, although it's a big project, it sounds like it was a very smart move. Your last Renault was that as large scale as this one, or? Um, Yes and no. We sort of similar kind of thing. We gutted the whole inside of the house, but we didn't do any extension to that house. We just sort of redid the whole interior. So yeah, it was in one way, yes, but without the extension. So yeah. Okay. So another big one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> another big one. What's the end vision? Like what it, what's it going to be like in the end? Um, I think it's just going to be a really nice family home, three bedroom, two bathroom, powder room, butler's pantry, which I'm so looking forward to. Um, and yeah, just somewhere we, where we can spend a bit of time with the family. And um, I was saying to you before, we're living out of a caravan out the front of Simon's <laughs> parents' house at the moment. So just to have some time with the four of us together on our own will be really lovely again. Yeah, in a larger space yeah. <laughs> than, a, than a caravan. Although I did have Amy from Tiny Stays on the show a little while ago. Yeah. She builds tiny houses and they look amazing, but they'll be different to a caravan, I, I would imagine. Yes. Tiny house. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. What are you – I mean, I know that you're still waiting for building permits, so the, the renovation is not sort of near the final stages. But so far, what part of this reno are you most proud of? It's probably the character building part, to be honest, as <laughs> weird as that sounds. It's been a, been a trial, so the kids are really good. We're happy in ourselves and it's – yeah, that part of it. Not even do with the building, to be honest. It's showing you what you're made of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think probably for me, the, the floor plan, I think being able to – we've settled nearly 12 months ago on this property, so we've had a lot of time to sort of sit down and think about what we want to do with the house and, you know, we've got everything sitting in the garage ready to go, like flooring-wise and all that kind of thing, so we were able to take our time and really nut out what we wanted to do with the interior and the design of the inside of the house as well, which I think has been a good thing, so... Yeah, that that w sounds really exciting. And although it has been a long time, that time's almost like a blessing. You've really been able to think out the floor plan. Yeah, it's going to be exactly how you want it. And it's certainly changed quite a few times from when we what we initially thought it was going to be. It's changed a lot in that twelve months to what it's going to be now. So has it changed due to necessity or due to you realizing you want different things than what you originally did? Um, we originally thought about subdividing um, and then we changed our minds so the, we decided we were going to extend it and make the most of the yard and that kind of thing so it um, and then just little bits and pieces where we thought we'd put a bathroom we sort of changed that all around so nothing original to where the things were in the house are where they are going to be now so every, all the plumbing everything's had to be moved because we've just completely changed everything so oh wow really so <laughs> yeah. every it's just a full it, you might as well have just had a block of land. <laughs> it probably would have been quicker to just wow. demolish the house and start again, but yeah. It's going to be exactly how you want it though. It will, uh, yeah. Any pine remaining? <laughs> <laughs> Literally everything. The only thing that's there is a couple of brick walls and the roof and that's 
Wow. Like, it's all gone. Well, I'm glad you're getting the butler's pantry. Oh, I'm so, I can't wait for that. Regular <laughs> listeners will know I'm all about pantries. I'm yep. I'm slightly pantry obsessed. Yeah. Like, it's my pantry's organized within an inch of its life. Oh, I hope that's what mine's going to look like. <laughs> that's where the mess is going to be, in close the door. <laughs> no! No, it can't be. I take photos of my pantry, like videos of it and stuff. It's, it's bordering on strange. <laughs> so it sounds like it's a very big renovation. I reckon there have been quite a few, there would have been quite a few challenges along the way so far, and I reckon more to come as well. Yep. So far, what has been the most challenging aspect of this particular reno? Um, I think for myself, it's been having the kids in tow doing this renovation with two little ones. Our girls are two and four. So most weekends they've been dragged along to the house, whether it's been pouring with rain and like we don't have external walls or anything. The windows have gone only gone in probably two months ago. So it's been they they've been troopers and they've just we've got a little area set up and they play and but um I think that's been the hardest trying to for myself trying to get things done to help Simon do what he needed to do when every 10 seconds you've got someone going, mommy, mommy, or them fighting or, so I think that's probably been the hardest bit. Whereas in the last renovation, we only had Belle and Matilda was really little. So it was sort of a bit easier to manage them than having two toddlers running around causing havoc, Mm -hmm. getting in the way. Yeah, that's a real challenge. And I think that, as I said in the intro, most of our listeners, many of our listeners could relate to that because we've got lots of people that love renovating, lots of people that love renovating on the Mornington Peninsula and lots of people that have kids that yes. listen to the show. So this, yeah, it would be a common issue. Everyone would be feeling your pain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I want to help you, but <laughs> yeah. I've got two minute blocks before yeah. someone asks me for a snack or yeah, to, to go to the toilet yeah. or, yeah. <laughs> or just they're bored or yeah. my son's five and he loves to interrupt me either for a snack or to get me to watch him do a a spin jump or something yeah. like I have seen 50 spin jumps today mate <laughs> yeah we're, for Christmas all of their presents were like outdoorsy so they got a trampoline and they got a cubby house and anything that would keep them sort of out of our way and entertained was what they got for Christmas this year and that just all stayed at the house for them and oh that's yeah. smart that's a tip that is a tip yeah. Yeah. drop that down people <laughs> buy a trampoline yeah. outdoorsy stuff if you're if you're renovating well, that has been super helpful. See, we're, we've already got tips coming. <laughs> we're going to come back very shortly after a break and we're going to chat about some more tips for families who are renovating and also some ideas of where you can draw inspiration for your renovations. That is coming up next. Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement, only here on FM. Take me home tonight, I just want to show you Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. You're here with me, your host, Joe Violetta, and I'm joined in the studio by Simon and Mia, and they are sharing their real life reno story. Now, where do you draw your inspiration from for your renovations? Me personally, it's a lot to do with my day job. So I work for a company. He does a lot of architectural design homes. Uh, new renovations, restorations. So I see a lot of new products and try and draw from that. Okay, great. So you're, yeah, you're, you're sort of on the forefront of seeing what's what's working, what's new. Yeah, and we have a, a range of different architects we do houses for. So I see a broad style as well. 
Oh, amazing. Okay, that's pretty cool. Like yeah. insider. <laughs> insider <Yeah. info. laughs> and I think me, it's your usual Pinterest, Instagram, many, many hours trawling those things, looking for all different sorts. Like I think, yeah, what sort of style you're looking for and then just do a big Google search, eBay, and I think you can find even um, like going on like Facebook Marketplace to find bits and pieces and um, Facebook groups are really, really good as well to see what other people have done in their houses. Yeah, I think those are really good places to look. It's amazing what you can find on Facebook Marketplace. Yes. I had, uh, we had a guest on several months ago and she's doing a DIY Renault industrial style yeah. and on a budget, but it looks expensive. And most of the stuff that she's got for it is from Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. She's just really savvy. You can find shopper. some real gems. Yeah, you yeah. can. And I love Pinterest too. I've got all my different boards because yeah. I don't know what style I like. Yeah. <laughs> I like them all. So I've got all my different boards set up for all my, my interior styles and exterior styles that I that I just love. Yeah. I'll decide in my next place <laughs> what we're going to go with. Yeah. Do you have any tips? Well, it's a silly question. Of course you do. What are your tips for other families who are renovating and also just for renovators in, in general? Um, I think the big one for, well, for us certainly has been make sure you've got like a good family unit around you. So we definitely wouldn't have been able to do what we've done without our parents and brothers and sisters helping, not only helping us out with the house, but looking after the kids when, you know, we've got something where we need both of us and we can't have little people running around under our feet. That's been a huge one. Um, like we said before, making sure there's lots of things for them to do outside. Um, obviously winter makes it a little bit more difficult. We've got a little area set up in one of the rooms that's sort of as closed off as it can be. And they've got like their little indoor kitchen and that kind of thing in there. And they have, they play in that and, yeah, I think that's probably one of the big ones. Um, for me, it's know your product. If you know your product, you know how it goes together, it makes life a lot easier. You know what works with what. Mm, okay, so you've got, you've got to research products. How would you go about doing that? So would you do Google searches or Yeah, talk? a lot of the times the, um, the manufacturer's websites have a plethora of information for them. Um, be it specification sheets or uh, just even their brochures have ideas on what goes where and that sort of thing. Okay. And what and when you say know your product, what sort of stuff are you talking about? So your like ev anything and everything, like your tapware, your light fittings? Well, one example would be, um, so Jiprock plaster. If, if you're putting it in a, a wet area, you need the correct type of plaster so it has to be rated for a wet area so it's a different color it's blue so a bit of a telltale sign and in that product sheet that particular plaster if you're putting tiles on the wall your frame needs to be spaced differently so otherwise you don't get your warranty if you space it starts out too far something fails they blame it on you not building it properly and you're up for some dollars there Right. So it's a, it, there's a bit of critical thinking in there. So it's thing, don't just, I suppose you're not really just purchasing products then independently, are you? You're kind of thinking about, well, how will this all fit in together? So you've got to kind of think big picture and almost be thinking a few steps ahead, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. You have to know how this entire system goes together. So system being the framing, 
to the plaster, to your tiles, to your waterproofing. Everything right. has to work together. Especially in a bathroom. Especially in a bathroom. <laughs> you don't have your waterproofing, right? <laughs> All sorts in, of trouble. <laughs> oh, yes. You're in for a bit of a disaster. Any other tips? Um, I think probably a big one for me because I do the, the vast majority of the design part of the house is um, – like you said, your Pinterest boards have everything set up in like as I have like, you know, bathroom, kitchen, that kind of thing with all the ideas that I have go into that. So when we go to like the cabinet maker or whoever, we can say this is this is what I'm looking at. You might have, you know, three or four different styles in there, but then they, you know, they're the experts. They know how to lead you. At least they can see then what your ideas are, what sort of area you're heading in, and then they can sort of fine tune it for you to get exactly what you want. So I think that's probably another really big one. So you know where you're going with your ideas and you don't just end up with a mishmash of everything through the house. Oh, that's so important, isn't it, to yeah. to have that kind of cohesion through the house. Yeah. So Pinterest boards and Pin- show them to your to your tradespeople. Yeah, to every everybody, you know, even if you've got, you know, your sparkies coming in and you've seen like, you know, your lighting in your bathroom, how you want it, show them a picture of it so they know exactly what it's going to look like. And if you're having, you know, like highlight lighting and in your niches or something like that, then, yeah, show it to them so they know where you're going. Yeah, that that's a great idea because your interpretation in your head of something could be very different to, Absolutely. <laughs> to, to theirs. So having a visual is really important. Yep. And they can tell you how realistic it is or or, or not. But yes. It, yeah, it's good to at least, for them to at least know yep. what you're after, what you're exactly. trying to achieve. Yeah. Any other tips? Uh, lists. Lists are my <laughs> best friend. I have a tendency to forget things. So just lists. Okay, I know, I know I need to do A, A B, C. Write them down because... You can end up forgetting something very important that goes inside a wall. You've done that. What have you done? Uh, Box in a bathroom for towel rails and things. It's an interesting fix to forget that after tiles go on the wall. Oh, dear. (laughs) Lists. Lists are important. I'm a list lover as well. Are you a pen and paper person or do you run a spreadsheet? You're a pen and paper person. Pen and paper and nail it to a stud on the wall. Yeah, basically. I'm pen and paper too. Somewhere where I can trip over it. Yeah, <laughs> so you can see it. Yeah. I think going on from list then, probably another tip is have your budget and everything that you're going to have written down. Like keep track of it. I know in our first run, we still don't know exactly what our final spend was on it because we never kept track of it and because we did it in two parts it was kind of hard to keep track but we haven't got a clue what we spent so (laughs) this time around we've been really anal about putting and we've got a spreadsheet open and we put in everything that we've spent goes into the spreadsheet so we know how much we've spent and we go oh that cost a lot more like our 850 dollar shower grate which we weren't budgeting for (laughs) because someone has expensive tastes but yeah those kind of things so you know where your money's going and how much you've got left because you don't want to half finish something and go oh god we don't have any money left to finish off what we needed to now and we've got a half finished kitchen or bathroom because we couldn't afford the cabinetry or something that's really smart a budget and then that way so you've got your goal figure I bet you've got a buffer built in there as well because there's always going to be some unexpected expenses so then you can go okay we budgeted x amount for the shower grate Shower grate's really expensive. We might need to now pull back on what we were going to spend on the the doorknobs, yeah. you know, the 
cupboard knobs, whatever you call them, handles <laughs> in the kitchen or, you know, what it, something that isn't going to have a massive impact, although I'll probably get lots of messages tomorrow <laughs> on the Dream Home Movement Facebook page going, handles on Bar- on kitchen benches and kitchen cupboards are very important, Joe. Yes. But you know yeah. what I mean? You can find something that's yeah. not that important to you and yeah. sort of cut back on that. But as you say, if you're not keeping track on it, of yeah. it, then... You have no idea. Until yeah. it's too late. Yeah. So budget. Okay. Really good tips here. We got any more? Go. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Probably um, for me, I'm a bargain hunter. So like I champagne taste beer budget um ebay is one of my best friends like you know tapware and stuff is so much cheaper to get off ebay and those kind of places gumtree than it is to like go into a resource somewhere where you could pay you know double the amount so you can get the same look for a cheaper amount if you're willing to like obviously there's people out there that like the quality, whereas I just like the look. <laughs> yeah, and 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 some people might just like the ease of going. I'll just walk into reset, yeah. get everything. But taps is a really interesting example because I I think people underestimate how much taps cost oh, and how many you actually <laughs> need. Yeah. Like there's a lot of taps in in a house, so it yeah. can quickly add up. Be very very expensive. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else? Any other tips? got quite the list happening we do (laughs) lists there you go yeah (laughs) well back to the tap thing you have to know your product just reiterate it um yeah know your product people (laughs) know your product have a budget be organized have your list have your pinterest board and and have somewhere for the kids to hang out yeah i like that and family support we're going to move on now to our signature questions. So first one, this is a bit of fun. What is your favourite home design or architectural style from a bygone era? For me, I love Californian bungalows. Always have my – we do a lot of driving. My dad did work in the city and we'd always go into like, you know, Caulfield and those kind of areas and those houses, even from when I was a teenager, just absolutely love, love, love the style. The outside, they're just, I just think they're so beautiful and um, would love to have one one day. It's probably not going to happen, but yeah, that's probably, I just love the look of them. They're so beautiful and quaint and wow. yeah, the bay windows at the front and the big pillars and yeah. Oh, that's gorgeous. You're the first person who's who's chosen that Oh, really? Yeah, (laughs) I like that. That's gorgeous. And what does the phrase dream home mean to you? Um, Somewhere where you can spend time with family and just relax and chill out and watch the kids in the backyard for me from the kitchen. I think that's dream home for me. You have to be able to see the backyard from the kitchen bench um, and just be able to for everybody to be relaxed and have people over and spend Christmases together and has to have a spot for your Christmas tree. You've got to have that spot where the Christmas tree goes every year and that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah, real real family home. Yeah, yeah. and to be able to entertain, I think that's yeah. so important to have that kind of space. Yeah, especially in Australia where we've just got, you know, for, you know, 80% of the year we've got the perfect weather for entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'd be crazy not to use it. That's right. And the other 20% just get a, a, like an outdoor yeah. fire or heater or something <laughs> yeah. and you're sweet. What about you, Simon? Uh, it's, it's actually much the same. Um, just space, space to have family, space to have friends. Just, yeah, somewhere where you're not running into things. 
Mm. No clutter. Oh, yeah, I'm very anti-clutter as well. <laughs> Says the man who has a lot of clutter. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. And where can people find you or follow you, especially how can they follow your Renault? Um, we're on Instagram on uh, the Mornington Peninsula Renault Life. Um, yeah, so we sort of try to post as much as we can, especially at the moment where there's not a lot happening at the house, <laughs> sort of more inspiration stuff at the moment. But yeah, hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll be up and running and it will be full steam ahead with the idea that hopefully we'll be in by Christmas. So there should be a lot coming. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to yeah. that. Yeah, I love following your page, so your account. So Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in tonight. Oh, and, and so it's just the Instagram page. That's what just we can find. Just the Instagram. Yep, yep. Cool. So thank you so much for coming in tonight. That was a lot of fun. Loved your tips. Thank you. Love the challenging Renault that you've got happening. Cannot wait to see it unfold and turn into that beautiful family home. I reckon it's going to fit that description of your dream home i've got a feeling i've got a feeling it's (laughs) going to happen want to see the christmas tree that's for sure (laughs) thank you so much and uh coming up next we have the finance segment with carl welcome back to the dream home movement only here on rwp fm take me home tonight i just want to show you the truth Welcome back to the Dream Home Movement. We are heading into the finance segment with Carl. Carl, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Very good. That's good. Now, what I would like to talk to you about tonight is, and it's going to sound a little bit funny to everyone listening initially, but it definitely has something to do with finance. I want to talk to you about assumptions because I have been this week speaking with a lot of uh, clients and also some focus groups about property investment because I'm I'm researching a new um, a new product that we're we're putting together a new offering that we're putting together and what I found is what a big issue for people is that a lot of people dream of buying an investment property so I'm, I'm talking about people that have not that do not already own an investment property, they dream of buying one, one Mm -hmm. day. But what I found through my conversations was that a lot of people just assume that they're not going to be able to, that they're just not in a position to buy an investment property, even though in many cases, these people probably could. Um, So they're making this assumption that they can't buy an investment property, but they haven't done any research into whether or not that assumption is true. Yeah. So I guess I just, I don't really have a question for you. I just wanted to talk to you about that. Maybe the question is, why do you think that that happens? And, and is it true that in a lot of cases when people assume they can't do it, they, they often can? Yeah, that's right, Joe. Um, I think it's important for people that are thinking of, um, buying investment property to sort of really get an understanding of what it what's involved in purchasing an, a property, and I'm, I'm going to break it down in a number of steps. Buying an investment property is a bit like buying your first home. You know, um, you're going to need a deposit, um, or you could use the equity from your house as a deposit to um, to buy an investment property. So that's a key criteria 
for buying, you know, properties in general. You need you need deposit, you know. Um, the second part is with your current living expenses, financial commitments, uh, and income. Are you able to demonstrate to the banks that you have the capacity to service the debt of an investment loan? And, and that's probably where people get a bit... Uh, they kind of put put their head in the sand, for a lack of a better word, um, in terms of um, not doing enough research to, to check what their capacity is to borrow. Um, in reality, um, people can always have the capacity to borrow. It just, it just depends on how much you can borrow. Do you know what I mean? Right. Okay. So um, quite often, especially if you already own a home, you're already paying a mortgage, you, you'll be able to borrow something, but it just depends on how much. Yeah. depends. just, just depends on your borrowing capacity. So, um, uh you know, so cost, and that's the area where a lot of people probably seem to think that, gee, I've got, I think I've got great equity in my home, um, and I'd really like to buy an investment property because I want to start to build my, I, I guess, my my assets um, heading into retirement. Um, I wonder if I could do it, um, and 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 that in itself is quite an easy thing. Do you know? You just gotta um, book an appointment with uh, a mortgage broker uh, and kind of just touch base with them, have a meeting, um, work through your financial situation, and just crunch the numbers. See if um, you're in a position to um, to to buy an investment property. Um, that that is really as easy as that. Just as a starting point um, is just to book an appointment and crunch the numbers to see where you're at. So just take that that first step. If, if buying investment property is something that you want to do, then just take, don't assume, just take that first step and, and just find out where you really stand. And then I would imagine that a good mortgage broker would, if you, if you can't borrow quite as much as you want to, to achieve your property investment goal, then they would say, well, these are the things that need to happen in order to get you to a place where you're able to borrow the amount that you yeah. need. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but, that's exactly right. Um, and yeah. look, a good mortgage broker is going to know um, what to do um, and in some cases kind of give you some coaching to, to, to sort of help you um, accomplish your uh, a, a, a customer's requirements or even goals to um, to building a property portfolio. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, you don't assume that you can't do this. If you want to do it, then get some information and make it possible. Why not you? You don't have to be super wealthy or super, you know, yeah, super wealthy to buy an investment property. You just need you need the right guidance. You need to know what what your steps are. It can feel yeah. a bit scary, but you know, it's taking that first step. Yeah, it's, yeah, just making that inquiry um, because you'd be very surprised what that what that can lead to. Yeah, um, and then you know, once the inquiry 
um, has a positive outcome, then, you know, um, before you know it, you're like, you know, going out there and doing some more research on a suitable investment property, you know. I mean, that's another topic in itself, you know, um, what, what to buy um, and where to buy. So I don't, I don't want to sort of yeah. go down that rabbit hole because that's, uh, that's, that's a quite whole, a long one. Yeah, it's a yeah. whole other thing, isn't it? But yeah, this yeah. is what we're talking about today is the, the first steps. And, and the reason that I was doing this research this week is that Carl and I are creating a checklist. So I haven't come up with a title yet. I'm still throwing a few titles around, but basically it's a checklist to find out whether you are in a position to buy an investment property. So it's just the things that you need to consider and you know your borrowing capacity is a big part of that so it's, it's those first steps to buying an investment property of your, your research so that checklist is not available yet if you're listening to the live show if you're listening to the live show you can contact Carl and I on our Facebook page which is Violetta Finance so it's like the color violet with an a at the end v-i-o-l-e-t-a finance you can send us a message on our Facebook page or you can send us a message via our website which is if you just google Violetta Finance and just let us know that you would like to be put on the waiting list for the checklist and then I can let you know as soon as it's ready and you can just download it for for free we're not charging for it and it'll just help you get an idea yeah of what what the first steps are and sort of what needs to happen for you to be ready to buy an an investment property if you're listening to the podcast replay of the show I know the live people are like why are you saying this but it's because we use the same the same audio for the podcast so if you're listening to the podcast version of the show that checklist a link to sign up for it will be in the show notes because the checklist will be ready well and truly ready and out there by the time this show comes out as a podcast. So, yeah, we're pretty proud of the checklist, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, um, it is something that we've been working on as a, a little side project and it's starting to come together. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll help a lot of people. So thank you so much, Carl, for for um, dialing in tonight. I really appreciate it. And we will speak to you again soon. And if you have any questions for Carl, you can always contact him again through our website or Facebook page. But you don't mind if people just call you as well, do you? Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, so uh, how can they do that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be important. Um, <laughs> they can reach me on... Zero four two four eight four nine zero three four, and that brings us to the end of the show. Now, I would like to thank everyone who listens to the live show on ninety eight point seven and ninety eight point three on Thursday evenings. I really appreciate it. I love hanging out with you every. Thursday. And also a big shout out to all of our podcast listeners. I go home and I edit the podcast and upload them onto iTunes and Spotify and all, all the place, good good podcast catches, all the places that you can find good podcasts. Uh, so thank you to all of the podcast listeners. I would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast uh, so then you will never miss a show. And the reason I think that's a good idea is because because I'm editing the shows myself. Let's just get really real here, people. Very transparent. Um, It takes a really long time (laughs) to edit an episode. And I've also, you know, regular listeners would know I'm also a mum and 
Uh, Carl and I run our own business. So life is busy. I know everyone's lives are busy, but that means that I don't always get the podcast out every week. I'm a bit sporadic with it. So it's best to subscribe so you'd never miss out on an episode. They'll always pop up in your feed. And if you want to do me a solid and help more people discover the Dream Home Movement, if you leave a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast, I know iTunes, um, Apple Podcast definitely has a review function, um, then that will seriously help more people find the show, which would just, that would just be fabulous. We'll just share the message and share the love. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. And every week I like to give a shout out to listeners to the show, um, which I just did, but also to the biggest the suburbs or cities that had the most listeners to the podcast show. I don't have that data for the live show, else I would give a shout out for that as well. And so the number one concentration of listeners for this week has been Mornington. So, hey, everyone in Mornington, thank you for listening. And then number two is, Ap- oh gosh, um, Ap- Apopka, A P O P K A, which is in Florida. Um, are in it's a pop a car. Oh, why did I do this to myself? Is a city in Orange County, Florida. So, thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. And it's really cool to think that there are people over the seas <laughs> uh, listening to the show. That's that's pretty exciting, and also very exciting that we've got people listening throughout Australia and lots of locals as well. I'll see you at the local IGA. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in and I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Bye.